0: you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Mark 6 tonight is where we're going to land. It'll be our anchor text for what I feel like God laid on my heart. I didn't plan it this way just as I developed this over the last couple of days in my thought from Sunday of even talking about honor and uh, the generation that's coming up. If they'll honor the generation that went before them, it unlocks something supernatural and for our generation to reach into the generation coming up and to be able to encourage them is a, is a powerful synergy in the kingdom, I believe, that will really unlock some things. But what I began to develop, and I'm going to talk about this the next few weeks, is centered around a story that happened to me a while back. But the Holy Spirit used it to really speak something into my life. Because how many understand a lot of times it's not... The big thing that's stopping what God wants to do in and through us, it's sometimes the little things. It could be an attitude. It could be something we, we are saying continually. That's, um, and tonight I want to talk about honor. Everybody say honor. Honor. Because I think that that could be one area of our lives that stops up the supernatural from happening. And what happened to me, was, and it was a while back, and it, it happened to be a time I was really trying to win brownie points with Leah. Uh-huh. And so I went to clean the house real thoroughly. And I went into my daughter's room and I needed to, to open the door in her room to be able to put some things in there to put them up. And uh, and like all kids, if you tell them to clean their room, they usually just shove everything in the closet anyway, right? And I went in and the door was open and I thought I could just kind of push my way in and put the stuff up and, and come back out. And when I went to push on the door, it looked like it was open and, and accessible. But when I went to push on it, it was lodged with something behind it. Well, come to find out, it was a stuffed animal that was bigger than she was at the time that she got it when she was just a few years old. It was a, a relative of ours thought it would be funny to buy her the biggest stuffed animal you could buy. But my point is, spiritually speaking, is God opens up a door. In other words, we are believing God, we're trusting God, we have God's word, we're we're full of faith, and we believe God is a way maker, we believe God can part the waters, we believe God can do anything, we believe all that, and we have faith in our hearts. And we are so close to seeing what God wants to do, and we think that the door is open, and we go to walk through it into the next place God has for us, the next place of maybe blessing or open door, whatever it is that we're, we're seeking God for. And it's, it's, it's stuck. The door is stuck. And I'm going to talk the next few weeks about some things that could be behind the door, so to speak, spiritually, that are keeping us from moving forward into everything God wants for us. And in the text tonight that we're going to look at, it, when we look at it, it's, it's something that shows us that dishonor can actually be a part of supernaturally quenching what God is doing in a place, in a church, in a family, in our lives it can actually quench what God is doing. And here's what I want you to consider tonight. This is kind of the big idea, and it will be for the next couple weeks, is just like that, that stuffed animal was keeping the door from completely opening, it was blocking the door from completely opening, that had to be dislodged before the door opened. And for some of us, we can't figure out why that door hadn't opened completely, why I'm not at the place that God has for me, I'm not growing like I should, or something in our lives is going on. And the first topic we're going to talk about that I felt on my heart the last couple of days is dishonor. Everybody say dishonor. Yeah. It's always important to evaluate by the word of God and asking the Holy Spirit to shine the light of the word on our hearts. Amen on those places in our lives where we can just kind of step back and say, Lord, I had never seen that before. God, I never considered, because in the moment that that happened to me, I finally was able to dislodge what was stopping me going through the door. And once that happened, I had access to everything on the other side. And oftentimes, it's sometimes those things that we really don't really think would be big things could be something that's stopping up us from knowing God. And let's look at the word tonight in, in uh, Mark chapter 6, verse 1. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked? What's this wisdom that he has been, that's been given to him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Now understand and stop right there for just a second to give you some context. In the previous chapter, chapter five, miracles, blind eyes open, lame walking, people coming into the kingdom by the droves. He's he's doing all these things, and of course, they had heard about it. He shows up back in his hometown, and here's what is said: Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives and in his own home. He could not. Now stop there and think about that for a minute. I want this to really sink in. It didn't say he would not. It literally said that he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. So... The only people getting healed was the people with a headache that day. Somebody showed up with a little cough, and they were healed. But he was amazed at their lack of faith. We can really tie in dishonor and faith. When we really have true faith, I think it unlocks something of honoring other people, honoring even our workplaces, honoring. Church, we live in such a culture of dishonor now days don't we everywhere you look and everywhere you see we live in a culture of dishonor but the bible is very clear in in saying this to us and i think it's something we can all take to heart is come out from among them and be separate says the lord or come out among them and be different is another translation that i read today is is god didn't call us to be difficult he called us to be different he called us as the church to be countercultural, to be otherworldly, to be people who operate in a different way than everybody else. And here in this text, because you might say, ah, Pastor, you know, show me where it says that dishonor can actually stop the supernatural in my life, my family's life, my city's life, my church life, whatever, my job, whatever it is. This is very clear in the text because they chose not to honor. Because think about something for a second here in the text. What did they say? This is just Mary's son. They were looking through a lens of dishonor because we always have a choice. We can either see Jesus just as another person or we can see him for who he said he was. He is the son of God. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He was the one that was there when everything was created. So here in this in this scripture, we see that they were looking at him from a human perspective. And any time we look at people from a human perspective, it can cause us to be dishonorable to them. And, and, and having a culture of dishonor either in your home or at your job or wherever it is in the context of where you're at having that place of dishonor will actually stop up what God desires to do in your life. That's how powerful of a principle that I believe that this is. Let me give you the definition of honor. The Greek word here is atamos. It is this. Listen, it's, the Greek word is literally transliterated to treat as common or ordinary. It literally means a valuing. So the word dishonor... Or the definition of dishonor is literally to mean that you don't value something. Everybody say value, so I know that you're tracking with me. This is so important, and here's what I want you to get tonight. Here's what I want you to get. Oftentimes, we think of dishonoring somebody is somebody that we go up to and we, you know, are mean to, or we disrespect in some way. Whether that be with your fingers, come on, somebody, <laughs> your posts. You're like, you're meddling now, Pastor. <laughs> Let me meddle a little bit because I'm telling you, there are things that are stopping up the supernatural power of God in your life or my life or in the life of the church or in the context, again, of whatever issue that you believe in God for. You, you know the scripture. You know his promise. You know God is faithful. You know he's going to come through. You know those things. But there's just something that won't allow you to get fully beyond the door that's in front of you, even though it's partially opened. And really, truly, it is could be dishonor. Dishonor simply means that you don't place value on something. So this really hits home for everybody in here. Because take your job, for instance. At one time, you were so excited to go to your job, and you thank God for your job, and you were saying, God, thank you so much that I have a place to go work and, and support my family and do what you've called me to do all and now you roll up at work and you're like, man, i got to come here again. All right? Y'all are like, you're meddling now. Some of y'all are retired and you're like, phew, man, he's not talking about me. All right, let me talk about marriage for just a second. Listen, the definition of dishonor isn't being mean. Dishonor is not valuing it. That's the definition biblically of dishonor is you don't put the value this can apply to marriages. Amen? I mean, when you got married, they were the best thing since sliced bread. Right? They were just, you brought them coffee in bed. You were excited that you that person actually said yes and they married you. And But listen, when you start to treat your job as common, when you start to treat your spouse as just common, come on. Listen, I'm, my wife is sitting here tonight, which is normal. I see the eye. She's giving she's like. What about our churches? We do this, don't we? i got to go to church again. Yeah, you get to go. That's, a, that's exactly, thank you, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Because very subtly and very unknowingly, we begin to treat the things that God has given us and blessed us with with just it's just common. It's just that's what they do. Isn't that what you see in the? You read that and you have to see that. Well, isn't this just Jesus? This is this is Mary's son. This is Joseph's brother. I went. I went to high. I went to. They don't go to high school. <laughs> went to Jewish school with with Joseph and. We both wore the little things, you know, and we... (laughs) Yarmulke. His mom made my yarmulke that I wore. They just saw him as common. Anytime that we treat God as common, we're on dangerous ground. But you say, well, I don't treat God as common. When you treat the things that God has given to you as common, if you believe that you're married and God puts you together and you start to treat that relationship as common... You're blocking up the supernatural flow in your relationship. When you roll up at work and all you can do is, is continually say, man, I got to go up here again. I got to deal with these people. listen, I'm preaching to myself tonight. I am. I'm preaching to myself from the standpoint of church any time that listen, dishonor will block the supernatural power of God. Take our church, for instance. If you can't look around and get excited about what God is doing in our midst, baptizing people, people getting delivered from drugs and alcohol, people coming in and experiencing the presence of God. If we can't get excited about that, listen, that is honoring what God is doing. And by honoring what God is doing, God always sends increase to what he's doing when you honor it. It's a, it's a principle. It's a key in the kingdom. And, and when I had that experience, you know, trying to open the door, the Holy Spirit just began to speak to me. And he said, that's like your life. So, well, Lord, I began to pray. Well, what do you mean? It looks like it's open ahead of you and you can walk straight through it, but there's something lodged behind there. And oftentimes we look at our lives and we say, well, I'm not, you know, at the bar tonight and I'm not over here, you know, carousing and I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that. Can I tell you, when you walk deeply with the Lord, He will begin to deal with your attitudes. He'll begin to deal with this right here, what you're saying, the things you're speaking out of. When you want to go deep with Him, listen, He's not going to leave any stone unturned. And we can end up wandering around the same door wondering, God, I can't, I can't fit through here. I can't get through. But, but the, the principle of honor in the Bible it was just not valuing something the way it should be valued. Now, how does that apply to our lives when it comes to even relationships with other people? We often assign the value to people based on what we see from an outward appearance. When if we assign value based on who God said they were. So you can assign value one of two ways. What you see. Or their, their humanity. Or their identity. Isn't that what they were doing with Jesus? They were... Judging him based on his humanity because we know him. He he made my dining room table. Uh He was a carpenter, right? You know. He they looked at him from the human. And and listen, we can do that with people all the time. If we look at people from a human perspective, then we get caught up in the way they look and the way they vote. Oh, come on. We get caught up in the things we disagree. I want to tell you tonight, you don't have to agree with people to be honorable to them. You do not have to agree with them to show honor because you say, well, how is that? Here's why. And this is so important for us to remember. We are created in the image of God. Everybody you come in contact, some people I run into, I'm like, you're a distant cousin. You are not, you're way, way, way down the line, have to be. But that's not the truth of God's word. God created man and he created woman out of the man and in his image, he created them. It's an important principle when it comes to honor because we always think that if somebody's doing something dishonorable, that that's what we should blast them for. That's what we should get on. And, man, I'm not going to let this slide. I'm posting about this. I'm letting them know about that. Can I tell you, there, there's a there's a place to disagree with what people believe and the way they act and those kind of things. But can I tell you, if, if we could create a culture of honor in our church, and that's my desire, it always has been, is to honor one another. Here's why. Because I see the principle in the Word of God so profoundly, so incredibly profoundly. It will unlock men that are here from the sanctuary. Let me let me give you a key of the kingdom that will help you all throughout your spiritual walk. When you begin to understand that if you honor other people, what you do in honoring people will come back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It's not about that person. It's about who you are. You honor people because of your character, not because of theirs. I'm not even talking about a level of respect. I'm talking, again, dishonor is not placing the value upon other people or things or places in your life. It could be, again, it could be in the context of church. It could be in the context of your family and your relationship with your spouse or your kids or any of those areas. This applies across the board about dishonor. Everybody say dishonor. dishonor. So that's the definition of dishonor maybe give you the definition of honor in other words it's just dishonor is just treating something that god has called holy that god has called good and treating it as common and ordinary the bible uses the word honor 147 times in the bible in almost all 147, it, it has to do with other people or relationships, mostly in the context of relationships that we have with others. So not only there, though, but in things, places, and people without honor. And they said that. That's Mary's son, isn't it? Isn't that James's brother? He's He's nobody special. So to honor means to fix value. And that's interesting because to fix value on something means that honor is an act of my will listen to me honor is an act of your will honor isn't based on my character on my character not somebody else's conduct amen which means if it's an act of my will i can fix value to something based upon what I decide to do in the moment that I feel like. We live in an age where we want to give everybody a piece of our mind. Amen? We do. And we're supposed to be otherworldly. We're supposed to come out from among them and be separate. We live in a, a culture where if somebody disagrees with a man, you're going to cancel them and you're going to blast them. Give them a piece of my mind. I want to tell you tonight, I can't afford to give anybody a piece of my mind. <laughs> I can't. Anybody else? I need all of it I can get, so I'm going to keep my peace and keep my mind. So what's my point? If it's an act of my will, I can decide to fix value on you, a place, or a position that God has blessed me with based upon my decision and an act of my will. And what we do is we make it about how somebody behaves or how somebody doesn't do what we think that they should do do something that we don't like and something like that but it's a choice everybody say a choice, or choice to fix value because I fix value based upon God creating you say pastor are you sure about that if what I'm talking about biblically is correct and true and God says in John 3 16 what did he say for God so the Lord, that he gave so, you say, what value did God place on humanity? The life of His only begotten Son. So, God made a conscious decision to place so much value on us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I want to change your paradigm tonight in regards to honor, of changing your paradigm because oftentimes, again, we walk past people or even situations or places. And we begin to say, well, I assign value to them because of something they can do for me or whatever it is. You can think of a million things tonight. But here's how I want to change our paradigm. How I've begun to walk around my everyday living, waking moments that God puts me in certain places and divine appointments to just share the love. And listen, you'd be amazed at how when you honor somebody, it just, there's something comes alive in them, right? There's something that just kind of bursts forth. And I began to just change it. Everybody you walk past on any given day, whether you go to Walmart, your job, or wherever it is, there's only one or two things going on. They're either on their way to heaven or they're on their way to hell. Everybody understand that tonight? And what do we know about God? God is not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. So it's honor and assigning value to them based on, that they have a tremendous value to God. So if they mean something to God, then they should mean something to us. Not because we agree with them, but because of God, who God says they were. Amen? amen. Again, he's Mary's son. That's just Mary's son. And it depends on what you see. Is he Mary's son or is he the Messiah? Well, he's the Messiah, amen? But they didn't, they didn't relate to him that way. And how we see people... Matters, And have you noticed this? In the kingdom, honor has to become your standard. And the reason that honor becomes your standard, here's why. Again, listen to me real close. If you get this. Because God puts things that you and I need in other people. And it's honoring them that unlocks what you have need of. I'm telling you. You say, Pastor... Again, show me. I know we have people that visit here, and you're like, I'm not sure where you're going. Listen to me for just a second. When you pray about something, has anybody ever prayed and God literally showed up before you in physical form and answered your prayer? No. No. He did not. Carl, we need to talk later. (laughs) I'd really like to know what he looks like, bro, so let's have a little meeting after this. But I know what story you're talking about. You need to share that something. I say no because when we pray take exodus for example they're crying out to God for for years and years and years they're in slavery God deliver us God deliver us God deliver us God did not come down in front of Pharaoh and say let my people go what did he do he comes to Moses and says I have heard the cries of my people so I'm sending you <laughs> It's understanding how God operates in the kingdom. So when you begin to cry out to God for something, we it's like the old story you've all heard. It's like the guy that, you know, fell off the boat into the water and he's out there treading water and swimming. And God saved me. God help me. God help me. He gets to heaven, drowns, gets to heaven, and God, why didn't you help me? And he says, Well, I sent a boat, I sent a helicopter, and sent a you know, sent a plane or whatever, and you just like, No, I'm waiting on God. Perhaps for some of you sitting here, God has sent the answer multiple times, but you've got such a bad attitude that you didn't like the package that it came in. Come on. Don't dismiss what God sends because you don't like the way it's wrapped. And maybe in that moment you dishonored something because you didn't necessarily like the way they looked or you didn't like the way they... You didn't like the way they spoke. You didn't like something about it, but yet something inside of them. So it's an important kingdom principle to just understand that when you honor, live a lifestyle of honor, it's not about the person. It's about unlocking something inside of them that you may need. I've said this before. I'll say it again. There is Jason and there's Pastor Jason. You want Pastor Jason, the office that God has called me to, showing up at your bedside if you're sick. And I know how to differentiate between the two. So does my wife. I told this story, and I'll say it again. She was really hurting in her back here a few months ago. And she said, Jason, she's in the bedroom, I need prayers. And as I got up to go pray for her, she said, and I need Pastor Jason prayers, not regular Jason. I'm like, is there a difference here? But there is a difference because she was honoring, listen to me, she was honoring the office that I hold. Not just me, Jason, as her husband. Not just me as a friend that has lunch and dinner with you guys sometimes and can cut up about football and all those things. Listen, there's a certain level of honoring that position that unlocks something for you. That you can access just by virtue of what God has called somebody to do. And it doesn't just have to do with me, it has to do with every relationship that you have. Dishonor is not valuing something. Honor is assigning the proper value. And in relationships, especially when we assign the proper value. And and simply put, you could be missing something so powerful that God wants to do in your life because we don't live a lifestyle of just honor. I'm I'm not preaching something to you that I haven't lived out myself. Anytime that you could be on staff at a church for nine years... And, and serve and work under a pastor who was honorable and I loved him. But I knew when I was talking to my my brother in law Wes and when I was talking to Pastor Wes. I knew when to honor that and I spent nine years honoring him and honoring the vision and honoring the things that he was doing. And listen to me, it unlocked blessing in my life tremendously. You see it in the scripture. Jesus was very clear. That by not honoring who he really was, the Messiah, no, he couldn't. We always say, God can do anything, and he can. But in this instance, it was dishonor. I had something on my desk tonight that is a great example. I think this will bless you. I wouldn't even planning on saying this or using it, but my wife walked in. And I thought this was so cool of creating a culture of honor in our church. Creating a culture of honor. I want my kids to know that I honor their mother for the woman of God that she is and she sees that honor towards me as, the, as her husband and we have a great I believe relationship that shows honor to each other and hopefully my kids will come up in a culture of honor. They need to our kids who come walk through these doors who maybe never see this at home should see this in our midst of honor and I love this I love this I don't even know whose idea this was but it was so cool because I came in Monday. And was doing some work there around the office. And uh, well, it was later on Monday afternoon. It was after our accountant Kim, who was sitting right over here, and she is a huge blessing to this church. She is an accountant who keeps our books and does a phenomenal job. But the kids upstairs Sunday, when they did their little offering, wrote, each one of them wrote, Thank you, we love you, Miss Kim, on the offering things that they dropped. What is that doing? That's honoring. Yeah. I had to laugh though, this is one of them. Thank you for spending time opening our tiny little money. (laughs) That's awesome. This blessed me. I love my church. Thank you, Miss Kim. And over and over and over again. What are they doing? I wasn't planning on talking about this or using this, but Leah came in. I said, look how sweet that is. But the Holy Spirit's like, that's honor. They they probably don't even know who Miss Kim necessarily is. Some of them do, of course. Some of them are related to us. They are. Because it said, thank you, Aunt Ken. I mean, uh, I hope. I hope they're like. Maybe you didn't know. We, you have some relatives in Kinshirt. What are we teaching them? Think about it. We're teaching them to honor God with their tithe and their offering. Even though they see it as little. Man, you talk about God's heart just with two things. With honoring them by giving something of theirs that they could have kept back from God. And and honoring him with that. Isn't that what the Bible? Honor me with your Showing honor. And then honoring her. Listen, with something so simple as thank you for everything that you do. You understand when you create. we, We in this church or any church. Take any church within 100 miles of this place right. You walk through the doors and they could have been praying and could have been speaking in tongues and interceding and fasting. But you want to just quench and squelch what the Holy Spirit is doing? Show dishonor. And again, it's something not that you go across the church and just say, man, I just can't stand you. It's not valuing. It's not valuing. Your relationships, it's not value. It's not assigning the proper value. And again, if God values us sitting in this room so much that he would die for us, how much more should we value each other? How much more should we show honor to each other? And it's not about behavior and anything like that. That's that's a sermon for another time. It is. It really is. The simple principle, as we see here in Mark chapter 6, is is all the miracles that God wanted to do. I never want to get to heaven and God say, Jason, did you know what I wanted to do in the homeless house in Florida at Christian Center Church? I didn't get to do a tenth of it because you guys were constantly dishonoring each other. Or I, I didn't get to do it in your family because you dishonored your wife. I didn't get to do it on your job. You know, I had three promotions for you, but every time you rolled up in that parking lot, I don't even talk about complaining. I'm talking about, there is something about, this is hitting us where we live. Because <laughs> if you drove here tonight, it's just another night at church. Just another night to get sit and listen to pastor's lame jokes. Just another night. Listen, if, if that becomes our attitude, We can inadvertently be dishonoring something God has called us to honor. So, I've got three quick things for you here for the next few minutes that just simple. These are simple. Very simple. But dishonor will actually stop the anointing and power of God from flowing. I'm telling you. And many times, God will send you what you need in a package you don't like. So, honor is a key. Number one tonight, let me give you three just thoughts or areas, and there could be a hundred of them, but these are the ones I really felt like I would hone in on. And we're going to do this the next couple of weeks, is, is is dislodging or taking away something that's stopping up something from flowing in your life. I think I might hit gossip next week. Amen. Mm. Half of you, I'll be here. No, Number one, everybody say, honor God. I know that seems so simple. And so, yeah, of course. But if your relationship with God in the beginning was one where you couldn't wait to get in the presence of God, you couldn't wait to get into his word, you were so excited to be in with his people and in his presence and in his church, and you couldn't wait to give, you couldn't wait to see what God was going to do, in your life and you were so fired up and excited, listen to me, honoring God is getting to a place where that is never supposed that's not supposed to be the exception, that's supposed to be the norm. Again, dishonor is not valuing something for what it is. And any time that I find myself, and listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a I I'm gonna make a confession to you tonight. I've been through these times and seasons where I'll go days. It's gonna scare you because I'm the pastor of the church. I'll go days and I haven't opened and gotten into his word. And God is so merciful. His mercies are new every morning. It's not like when I get back in there and get to meeting with God and praying. Here's the the principle that we all know. And the reason it's dishonorable when you really think about it towards God, even though we don't think in these terms, the reason it's dishonoring is because when we put off a meeting with somebody, It's because we think they'll always be there when we get back. Come on. The reason I say that is I've mentioned this a hundred times, and I'll say it a hundred more just out of honor to my grandfather. I was personally discipled by him, for, pastor, for 42 or 3 years. And he was in bad health towards the end, but it was when I got saved. He was kind of homebound, so I used to just go over there and just... We did as a family, me and my brothers and my mom, and then I would go over by myself... I'll never forget him just telling me, Jason, do you know who wants to meet with you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you realize that, I mean, if, if you had an appointment with the President of the United States, would you be late? Nope. We would not. It's a God of the universe that has invited you to meet with him. And again, if, if you say, man, I haven't prayed in three weeks, this isn't a condemnation. This is a... a a rehearsing in our ears that we have to be. Here's why honoring God is so important. Because I have found when I'm not honoring towards people, it started with me not honoring God. That's where it starts. Is beginning, number one, by just refreshing and saying, God, I honor you. And it's the reason we treat people as common. Because we say, well, they'll be there when, they, when I get back. You know what the beauty of your God is? He's so faithful and merciful and kind and gracious. He is there. But church, I never want to forget of how awesome he is. I never want to forget of how holy and how good and how faithful and how kind and how merciful and gracious and loving and all the things that he is. When I begin to put him off, I'm in trouble spiritually because the honor that I show him flows out in every area of my life. God, may we never lose that. Never lose that. In other words, don't let God just become another routine. (coughs) Because when you let God become another routine, it's actually dishonoring to Him. Amen? Mm -hmm. Number two. This is simple. Start by honoring God. Honor God's work. Everybody say God's work. The Bible says this, whether you eat or drink and whatsoever you do, do it as unto God. Follow me on this. I'm not talking just about your job or even just serving here in a church if you greet or you work in children's church. I'm not necessarily talking about those things. It's a a switch in paradigm when it comes to honor that sees every single area of your life as how we should honor God in our work. It's a shift. It's a shift from I have to to God I get to. And listen to me, this is infectious. Because when you honor God and it begins to infiltrate down into God's work... We often say, "Well, yeah, that's when I show up and I, you know, teach, or I show up and I change the light, or I show up and I, I help with this and move tables, and every single, everything you do, do it for the glory of God. Everything your hand finds to do, do it for His glory, and see what you're doing is you're honoring what God has placed before you to do. And when you do that, again, it unlocks the supernatural in your life. It could be the thing that's stopping up the door from completely opening. And I want to say this. As I'm saying God's work, I don't want to give you the impression that God's up there wringing His hands, you know, in heaven. God, just really hope they get this and really get out there and get to work for me. Here's yeah. what I've found, that if you'll not honor what God has given you to do, he'll give it to somebody else to do. Mm-hmm. Amen. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Yeah. That is the truth. God's not up there just wringing a hand. He's given always us an opportunity to serve him in every area of our life, but working just inside the church, it's every single aspect of our life. And dishonor quenches the supernatural. And honor unlocks the supernatural. Number three, honor each other. Everybody say each other. other. Again, these aren't mind-blowing, but they're very powerful. Honor God. Honor the work God gives to you. And honor each other. In 1 Peter 2.17, it starts off, I won't read the whole scripture, but it starts off in in 1 Peter 2.17, it says, Honor all people. And it goes on and on and on in, in, in the, the rest of the chapter. What does that mean? Honor all. Everybody say all. all. And again, how this relates to our life in a practical way is we don't honor people because they are honorable. We honor people because we are honorable. Are you hearing me tonight? When we praise It says God inhabits the praises of his people, right? So when we honor each other and we actually give praise even to one another, not only does it unlock something in the other person that you very well probably need, but it's actually God inhabits that. God inhabits us honoring and praising. God, God honors those little notes right there. I didn't even ask you how that made you feel, Kim, but it probably made you feel pretty good, didn't it? Of course it did. But do you understand that's why we come together? You don't come together just to hear another sermon. You come together so that we can look at each other and encourage one another and spur one another on towards good works. Let me ask you this, who operates in curses? Satan. Come on, y'all. You sleep already? Right? <laughs> That, that's who operates in, in, in that realm. So what does God operate? In blessings. praises and blessings. blessings. So that's what we should be speaking out of our mouths. Another scripture, let as many bond servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor so that the name of God and his doctrine may not be <laughs> blasphemed. So if you're mocking your boss at work, if you're mocking your roommate, you got stuck with. Guess who's operating? Are you hearing me? The enemy is operating. And again, we in the church, we, we step back and we're like, yeah, we need to pray against the spirit of infirmity. We need to come against the spirit of witchcraft. We do. But how about this? Tongue. <laughs> How about the things that we're saying? How about the attitudes that we carry with us on a regular basis? Peter was talking about honoring authority. Because honoring authority will even open up other people to salvation. That's what the Bible is very clear about. I thought of a few examples as I closed tonight. I thought of Hannah, Hannah found in 1 Samuel. Says, Behana answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. Then Eli, who was a priest and accusing her of being drunk at the altar, said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. And she said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman, so. Again, here's somebody that's accusing her of something that she showed honor to, and what did she walk out with the answer to what she was asking for? There's another story, and I'll end with this one. It was David's wife, one of his early wives. And I call her Michael, but it's probably Mishal. It's M-I-C-H-A-L. I I call her Mishal Michael, Jewish name, of course. But you see early in one of the stories that she... They said, isn't this Saul's daughter? And here's the the principle. She honored. She honored somebody that wasn't honorable. And God unlocked her destiny. She marries David. And then on down the road, she sees David dancing before the Lord. And she dishonored him. Didn't value what he was doing in that moment. And what did it do? It locked up her destiny. And she didn't continue on and have kids and all those kind of things. So, again, honor God, honor the work that he gives us to do, and honor each other. And the each other doesn't mean within these four walls. It means the people that you're in contact with all the time. Because if we assign, if God assigned value that he's willing to die for the people that you walk past in Walmart parking lot, Listen, we're living in days you've got to remind yourself of that all the time. I'm preaching to myself because the Holy Spirit spoke to me a long time ago and said, you need to be careful of things that will block doors that I want to open for you because it's not what you think it is. It's not what you think it is. It's, it, it's a lot of other attitudes and little things that just finds its way, just... by by virtue of just living in this fallen world that we live in. And I look around and I'm like, Lord, it's more fallen than it's ever been. And then Ecclesiastes pops in my mind. There's nothing new under the sun. Church, there's nothing new under the sun. There's not. What you see around us isn't anything that's taking God off guard. But if we're going to be countercultural, the greatest countercultural thing that the church can do is honor people. Doesn't mean you agree with them. But we don't know that by showing honor, we unlock something for ourselves and we unlock something with them that leads them to the goodness and the grace and the forgiveness of God. Amen? Amen? Stand with me tonight. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to talk about this this next, at least a couple weeks of dislodging things, of of the things that are blocking things ahead of us that we don't normally think of. So we'll tackle another subject next week. And I was preaching to myself tonight. I really was. Because even as a pastor, you know, anywhere for any length of time, but when you've been somewhere for years, I could just even begin to treat this church as just common. And it's not. This is a special place with a special anointing. And I need to see me... Me reminding myself of that with these awesome people that God has put me in service with for his kingdom unlocks it for all of us. It does. That's the principle. In your relationship, in your marriage, I'm I'm telling you a key. It's a huge key. Well, but you don't know how he is. He's just nothing but a lazy, you know. Can I give you a little homework? Go and show honor to your wife or your husband, whatever it is. Show honor. And you watch the Holy Spirit just work. Telling you. Telling you. Doesn't mean they don't get upset or they wake up with dragon breath. (laughs) It's not going to fix those things. But it does mean that there's a principle at work there. Of assigning the value that God wants us to assign. Amen. Let me pray and bless you tonight. Father, in the name of your most holy son, Jesus Christ, the, the son that you sent. To save us. Lord, we honor that sacrifice right now. We don't treat it as common. So, Lord, we begin tonight by honoring you and who you are. And then, God, help that and lead us in a way that, that honors the work that you've given us in every area our jobs, the work here at church, the work in our families to, to make godly families upon this earth, which is your will. God, we honor what you've put in front of us. We honor the kids that you've given us. We honor the parents that you've put us here on earth with. We honor the the jobs that we have. We honor this church, God, so that the Holy Spirit will help us show honor to each other so that by some means it may glorify our Father in heaven by that act of our will to say, I'm not going to focus on the person's character, Lord, but I'm going to focus on Father. Who you created them to be. Because Jesus, I never see a moment in scripture where you were discouraging to anybody. You were truthful. But Lord, people left your presence energized. They left your presence feeling like they could take on the world because they could. Because you believed in them. So, Father, tonight we just ask you to create a culture of honor in this house with you first and foremost, with what you've put our hand to doing, and with each other, Father. Simple, but so powerful, Lord, because we want to see miracles. We we want to see signs of wonders. So, Jesus, we honor you. Lord, I bless the people of God at Christian Center tonight. i Pray they would be blessed right now in this moment and they would be blessed going out the door that that blessing would carry over into their job and their work and their family. So blessed at home and blessed in the field, God, tonight. Lord, I pray that you would would turn your face to them and rise your countenance upon them and you would give them peace and rest and protection until you bring us back together here at the appointed time. May the blessing of God Rest upon the people of God at Christian Center Church. Father, for Lupita and Tony and others who are sick tonight in their physical bodies, we continue to lift up every single day each member of this body who, Father, is is battling physically. We pray for healing for each and every one of them tonight as we agree together in your name. In Jesus Christ of Nazareth's name, we pray tonight. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.